even if you feel like the other person has done the things that have distanced you, you know, like maybe you've been 95% right um, and they've been, you know, and, and, and the percentage is weighted in your favor where you've done most of the things that are, are right in the relationship. You are the stronger person to come to the other one and say, I recognize that I have done this or I, um, I want to own my part in this relationship. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Today I get to talk to the authors of Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. It's from Harvest House and it came out this month. Black Daniel is a literary agent and marketer, and her mother is Dr. Helen McIntosh. I'm sorry, Helen, already messing up your name there. It's okay. But Dr. Helen McIntosh is a counselor, speaker, and author, and together they worked on this book as a mother and daughter team. Now, Blythe, you and your family live in Colorado, I understand, and Helen, you and your husband reside in Georgia. Did it right. ta- did it take some doing to get to uh, write this book together? <laughs> really not. Oh, what do you say, Blythe? You know, we did get together some, but, you know, our hearts had already started preparing for this book years ago. And so on our own, we would work on um, some ideas and we would email each other. And then we did get together in person some. But um, when we say, you know, did it take some doing? I would say, yes, it did. But but a lot of it was things that we had already covered um, together in our thoughts before we even wrote a book. So that was exciting. Very good. It sounds like you had good teamwork there. Now, I see you have endorsements from uh, people like Stacy Eldridge and Lisa Turkhurst. Those are some pretty good recommendations. And I like what Sarah Haggerty said, too, that while she was reading your book, she vacillated between her mother and daughter roles, which I imagine a lot of readers will do, and get two for the price of one. <laughs> good. We hope so. You know, it it is interesting because all women are daughters. They may or may not have their mother present in their lives. Um, And some some daughters then become mothers. And so we both, uh, Mom and I, did look at our roles through the lens of being a daughter and also of being a mother. And um, we feel like it's really important for women to recognize the roles that they're in and to really invite God into those roles with them because we weren't meant to just do this alone as a mom or a daughter. There's so much that God has to say about how he created us to be. And if you look closely at relationships in the Bible, I mean, there's so much between mothers and the offspring. And we often hear about sons in the Bible, but there are some prominent women whose role, you know, as a daughter, as a mother, was so key to the biblical line of where we even are today. So uh, we just feel like there's so much that can come from a, a good, healthy mother-daughter relationship. Absolutely. And Helen, you say that the mother-daughter relationship is like a living organism. In what ways do you see your relationship with Blythe like that? You know, it's been changing for years, but we have known what the changes needed to have, and so we made adaptations and 
it's just it's been wonderful even though change is not easy for anyone <laughs> but if you can seize it as a healthy um, addition to the the relationship then it works wonders and Helen, as the mother in the family of origin, shall we say, what did you bring from your family of origin that affected your relationships in your family with Blythe and her brother? You know, sad, sadly, it was maybe some difficulty that I had with my mother. And I, I longed and prayed for help to have a completely different experience with Blythe. So trouble in this case bred a healthy, healthy relationship. And I'm so grateful that Blythe and I have a different story. We broke a generational issue and or many issues. And much of what we share with the readers is what we learned during the hard times. Why do we do that? The hard times really do bring great fruit, <laughs> but we resist the hard times, don't we? Yes, trials are difficult, especially in the family. Now, Blythe, would you like to add to that? You know, I, I would say that um, what my mom experienced with her mom was what a lot of probably listeners experience, and that is feeling like you don't measure up and, and feeling like you're a disappointment and that you can't do things right. And so we were really trying to be aware of how we worked out the things between us where I could have felt like that or mom could have felt like that. In fact, and I share some in the book about how as a new mom, I didn't want to receive input much from mom because I, I wanted to feel like I could do it. And I we are hesitant sometimes as women to take input and advice from others. And so I'll, I'll share that how we have um, overcome some of the things that get passed down from mothers to daughters is is just simply a way of, of um, inviting yourself into a conversation. So instead of trying to give advice, you could tell the other person, are you okay with my sharing some feedback? Or are you okay if I give some input here? And that way, like in that situation with me, I could have said, no, Mom, I don't really want to hear that right now, you know, from you. Um, what I would need from you is this. What I would long from from you is this. Or I could have said, you know, Mom, I'm, I'm open to hearing that right now. And um, I may or may not feel like I can do that, but, but I'm open to hearing it. So we are just trying to help women learn how to invite themselves into conversations better, sometimes those awkward conversations that we're not even sure, how do we go about saying some of these difficult things to each other? And we want to diffuse that awkwardness and, and really that, that chasm that can be between, between you and, and bringing in just some healthy dialogue. That's what a lot of our book is centered around is, how do I start a conversation to say some of these things that are really hard to say? Mm-hmm. We have probably several dozen um, pretend conversations, Chris, in the book, and I hope they'll be very helpful. Well, just having uh, a model or an example like that could be very useful to some mothers and daughters, I'm sure. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, giving unwanted advice, how that can be a hindrance in relationship and reconciliation. Are there other hindrances in reconciliation? You know, you know. there is. Um, 
there is the need that we have to want to be right. And so a lot of times we want to prove that we're the right one in the relationship. My thinking, my way of doing things is right. My opinion is right. And so what that creates is a barrier where um, that need to be right can become greater than the relationship. And mom, as a counselor over the years, has really helped people to um, put their relationship ahead of differences or the need to be right. Mom, you could share more on that, but I, it's just such <laughs> yeah. a key point. That's excellent. And just um, these unresolved conflicts, things that never get settled over time, um, tragically crack the relationship. So we talked a lot about what that looks like and some language that could help you to move right on into getting help. We're, we hope that they will see some of those dialogues. <clears throat> For instance, one might be, I want us to be repaired. What do you need to hear from me or see from me or what do I need to do for us to be repaired? I want to clear up any offenses on my part. So we are encouraging your listeners to be bold and to ask clarifying questions. So we hope that will be a huge help to moving things forward. It's a great starter. That's a very open way of having a conversation. And if people are open to mending their relationship, and as your book subtitle says, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, I think those are very good questions to bring into conversation when when you're ready for them. Right. And, you know, one thing that we have seen and, and we, we experience just as mothers and daughters is, even if you feel like the other person has done the things that have distanced you, you know, like maybe you've been 95% right and they've been, you know, and the percentage is weighted in your favor where you've done most of the things that are, are right in the relationship. You are the stronger person to come to the other one and say, I recognize that I have done this or I, I want to own my part in this relationship. And, and, you know, who better than to be the one to initiate that than the one who's in the stronger position? And so sometimes we we want to wait for that other person to initiate forgiveness or to come to us. And, you know, that kind of works in life as well. Like we often we wait for someone to come to us and initiate an invitation to something. And so we are really trying to help women be initiators, even if things are more weighted in the other person's direction of fault or distance. Um, we can still be initiators because if you think about this, Chris, we all know this story of how Jesus initiated restoration with us. He didn't wait for us until we came to him and realized that we needed him. And in the same way, we want to encourage women to be initiators. Now, a lot of times we encourage that to be a conversation, and but there may be people who don't have a mother or a daughter they physically can go to and talk to. We still think there's such power in writing out your words. So whether it's in a journal or a letter that you would, um, that you would almost just um, mail, um, keep on, keep on file if you can't mail it physically to someone. But we do believe there's power in writing out the words that you would want to share with someone. So um 
Hopefully that's an encouragement to, yes, some people may not be able to have a physical conversation, but they can sure um, write out the words that they're feeling. Well, as a writer, I fully agree with that. <laughs> we <laughs> love words, yeah. the both of us. Yeah. <laughs> now, many people are confused about what forgiveness really is. Do you have a good definition or illustration to help eliminate that confusion? You know, one of the our little sentence that we encourage people to say is, you know, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And to really ask that question, and um, that's the end goal. But we describe in the book three different kinds of asking forgiveness, the asking forgiveness of God in a general and specific way, and then um, others coming to us and asking forgiveness. But the one that Blythe described a few minutes ago is really the most powerful when we're only maybe the 5% wrong. But it's a goal to clear out anything that could be holding us prisoner. Because if we don't forgive those who've trespassed against us, my mother, for instance, never did ask forgiveness for all the verbal um, assaults that she made. But I, I chose to forgive her, and I tried to stay clear <clears throat> with her when I, I could have offended her. And I tried often to make sure that I ask her forgiveness for anything that I did. So again, excuse my voice with these medical side effects I'm having this week, but I hope you could hear. Yes, I can understand you. So we sometimes can forgive, and as you say, we release ourselves from prison when we do that, but there are times when we cannot reconcile. Um, Would you speak to that a little bit? Yes, especially when we can't reconcile. If we know that we have have done the work, have sincerely come to the other person and cleared our own offenses, then we're free. Um, if they if they choose to not forgive us or choose to participate, um, that was again my mom's situation. Mm-hmm. But you have to do what is right that you know God has called you to. And so I feel very good that my slate is clean. Go ahead, Blythe. And sometimes we don't get the mending that we hope for, but we can sure attempt it. You know, there's nothing lost but pride when we do so. Um, because, and, and really we think about that, we want to lay our pride down when we are coming before the other person and whether it's verbally or through through a letter or some some type of modern day messaging that we we can initiate with each other, um, we we say really that even if our hearts don't get restored and, and mended to another person, a daughter or a mother or a mother-in-law or daughter-in-law, um, it is it is our job to seek it and um, that we can always be mended towards God in a deeper way. You know, um, we all know that 
human beings don't fill us the way that only God can fill our hearts. And so it's mm-hmm. natural to go to another person when you want to reconcile. And if that person doesn't um, reciprocate, we, we take that to God. There, we, you know, we just want to make sure that we're, that we're bold before God and just say, God, this is, this is hurtful. This is how I'm processing this right now. Show me who you, t- who I am to you. Show me that you have forgiven me. You love me. I find my identity in you and not in a relationship. And so we just say that a restored heart toward God is a way to walk closer um, with God and, and hopefully with the other person. And it, and it may take years before that person will um, reconcile to you. It may be that you start the efforts um, through conversations and such now, and it might be a longer time before you receive that. We've seen those stories where reconciliation comes years later, and during that time, you are praying. You are praying for God to move in their heart, but um, we can't physically do that often, but but God sure can, but we sure can be a part of the initiation of it. Yes. Yes. Now, in in the book, uh, you touch on codependence. Um, Could you define that and could you tell how that enters into family relationships as well as relationships between friends? And just how can we be free of codependence? Oh, that's a big one, but an important one, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, codependency is when the relationship is not healthy and you're getting your idea of your value and worth from another person and uh, you're living your life through them and what they think and what they do, and it's it's a not a healthy place. So we do speak to how to have better boundaries. <clears throat> In fact, um, I made up a new word for codependency uh, as I describe my the version that Blythe and I had, and it's over love. So. <laughs> It it can be an overloving, or it can be um, in another direction. But codependency is a signal that you need to get healthy. Mm-hmm. And that certainly can impact the mother daughter relationship. So at the we, go ahead. Blythe. Yeah, I just was going to say we can we can try and live our lives through our daughters, and um, I have noticed that as a mom of of daughters and a son, um, it it is an easy place to slip into where you're depending on their identity for your identity. And I think we can sort of somehow slip into that sometimes without even realizing it. And often the way that I've recognized is my kids coming to you and saying, Mom, I don't need you to say that. Or, Mom, I, that, that embarrasses me. And so kids are a good good indicator of, of how the relationship is. And um they're brave to tell, and and I pray that we, as daughters of, uh, you know, older daughters, would would be brave to share with a mother or mother-in-law. You know, I'm I'm feeling that um, the relationship that we have is not where either of us wants it to be, and I'm I'm, I'm feeling like you know there's um, that you're you're producing um, in me some feelings that I need to, to share with you, and and you're coming to me. Um, I want to be honest with you, and and I want to see how we can make things better between us. I mean, I, I think it's just really being vulnerable, but God rewards us when we are. And truthful. <laughs> you are very truthful. Hmm. 
So, Blythe, are there other ways that you have seen what you learned from your mother come into your family now? You know, I would say yes, for sure. I um, I would say that with my daughters, I think the thing that um, my mom did not want to be controlling at all. In fact, when I left the home to go to college, um, she even said to me, if you ever sense that I'm controlling you in any way, please say, Mom, that feels like control, or I hear control in that statement. <laughs> and so I have tried to, in some ways, control, you know, even what my daughters wore to church, which was such a bad message to them, because it was like, you have to wear this, or you're not going to be accepted or seen as the right kind of person. And so, I mean, there have been there have been times that I've seen, um, and I've caught myself, or times that my kids have helped me see, you know, that control is an area that, that we um, go into in an unhealthy way. And so, from my mom telling that to me, that's now what I tell my daughters of, Mom doesn't want to control this area of your life, and I need you to tell me if it feels like that. Yeah. Very good. Well, at the end of each chapter, you have what you call mending thread and making it personal. Could you tell me about some of those? Okay. So um, the mending thread is what we try to put at the end of every chapter of helping the reader um, kind of t- kind of do like a, a self analysis of just really um, looking at what we've covered and how do they think through that. So it's more of a thinking part, um, and it, it, we try to give some ideas of how they can apply what we've just shared, and, and it'll all you know fit in with that chapter. Um, and that's often what has been the thread between us as a mother and daughter team, the things that we recognized um, and what we're calling the reader to. And then the making it personal is an activity um, for the reader to do. Um, sometimes it's, you know, more um, looking at your heart, looking at your beliefs and your thoughts. And sometimes it's an actual making a sign. Um, we have a no fishing sign. We have um, what that is, is um, the opportunity to, to make a statement by this is, you know, making a sign that you can look at that says, I am not going back to my old way of thinking. We don't want to go back and fish into those places that we've had thoughts that we know don't need to be in our in our mind. And so um, we have some activities for the reader to be able to have some visuals that the purpose of the sign was to have a, a declaration of this is where I am today and I'm not going back to where I've been. So, yes, yeah, so some items that they can take away um, and, and just remember where they are as a daughter and a, or a mother and um, to keep moving forward, to keep moving ahead and not not retreat back in old ways. Thank you, Blythe. I think this conversation could go on and on and on because mothers and daughters have a lot of um, relationships that need restored. So, Blythe, would you like to pray for those relationships that our listeners are in, that they might um, uh, be reconciled in places where they need it, that they might experience forgiveness and better relationships altogether? Sure, I'd love to. Father God, we are just so grateful that we can come before you, and we do want to just lift up the relationships that are represented by all those that are um, sharing in this time together. Father, we do pray for reconciliation. It is your heart. You tell us in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 58:12 and Isaiah 61:4, that we are to be repairs of the breach. 
we are to rebuild the walls. We are to rebuild the places that have long been devastated. And you delight in doing that for us, Father, that that is why you sent Jesus to be the one to give us the ability to do that. He does that in us. And so, Father, we do just commit these relationships for reconciliation, for forgiveness, for restoration. And we would, we just want to pray protection over these relationships, Father. We recognize that the enemy has um, an agenda to destroy relationships, especially between mothers and daughters and daughters-in-law and mothers-in-law. And we just come before you now just praying a seal of protection over these relationships. And under your authority and under the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do bring a covering shed blood covering of Jesus over these relationships that no words would pass between us that aren't from you, that you would protect our hearts and our minds, that we would walk with the spiritual armor on that we need to walk in for our relationships, Father, that we would walk in divine health and goodness in our relationships. Father, thank you for the fact that you love us. You've created us to have a bond and that you would restore the bonds that you've set for mothers and daughters in a healthy way, in a new way for all of us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen, yes. And I'm glad that the Lord did a restoration work between the two of you so that we now have this exceptional book. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. (laughs) So it's called Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, and it's out in April. So how can people learn more about this book and about the two of you? Well, we would love to have people visit our website, which is Our Mended Hearts, O-U-R, MendedHearts.com, OurMendedHearts.com. And on that website, we have um, retailers listed where the books are sold. We also have some freebies. We have the conversation starters that we mentioned to you. We have a download that people can download those some of those seven ways to start a conversation and um, some other gifts there. So we would love to have people um, join us there. And also on Facebook, we have a Facebook group called Mended Hearts Book. We would love for you to check us out there as well as on an Instagram, um, Blythe.Daniel on Instagram. So, yeah. Okay, it's it's very practical, and there's some freebies in there, too. That's right. We just want to equip women so that they, they know how to initiate. We wouldn't call them to do something if we didn't equip them, and that's really our heart and our goal. Excellent. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Helen McIntosh and Blythe Daniel. We appreciate having you here on Charisma Connection today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're delighted to be with you. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this chat on the book Mended here on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.